You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Irish Football Fan TV, this is the League of Ireland show and this is episode 2 which last week really should have been episode 2 but unfortunately international football got us so caught up that we didn't get a chance to do an episode 2 so this is episode 2 and um, we're going to continue on from this week so obviously the big game this week was Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk a 2-1 victory for Shamrock Rovers, I was at this game but Gary firstly your thoughts on that scoreline and were you watching from home or what were you doing well i was actually watching uh treaty united my limerick bias but i i did keep an eye on it paul um look a year ago we were both in tala and rovers beat dundalk 3-2 and it felt it felt really significant and i think it proved to be really significant um this one maybe maybe not as significant given it's a 36 game season now and rovers are already champions but it still feels to me like a massive 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 win for rovers and if you look at the league table it's got to be a little bit worrying from dundalk from a dundalk perspective at three games played and just one point and I, I, I suppose they're looking at the teams on top at seven, but they're also looking at Shamrock Rovers on four with with that game in hand. And it's certainly a case they really can't afford to fall any any further behind. Um, now, from what I can gather, I thought Dundalk were unfortunate on Friday night. I thought they probably deserved at least a point. And uh, Rovers can probably thank Alan Manis in particular, and maybe a bit of luck with the woodwork as well. But it, it feels it feels important. And uh, I know we talked about Rovers. Look, they were magnificent last season, worthy champions. You can talk about the eighteen game season; that doesn't matter. They deserve, they were going to win that league no matter what, and they were fully deserving of it. But thirty six games, and it's also much harder to retain a league than it is to win it because everyone is going everyone is going to want to, to to beat the champions at this stage. but um this feels like a still feels like a significant win. Yeah, well, obviously Dan Mandreo got off the mark. I think that was significant as well because uh, Stephen Bradley had said after I think it was the game against St. Pats how much he thinks he he will just get better once he gets that one goal and gets that out of his system I think he'll start to get more shots and get more efforts on goal and then obviously Dylan Watts got the second goal before Patrick Hooban got a late header but yeah Alan Manis on the night was absolutely outstanding Dundalk still strike me as a team that are still trying to feel each other out in terms of like I remember even Junior came in, came on and Chris Shields was very, very, you know, frustrated with him. He was like, Junior, what are you doing? Because he just looked like Junior didn't know what he was doing. Um, they brought on that that striker as well that they signed from Claxvik as well. He didn't really show, you know, much. I thought Pat Huben was quite good. But, you know, overall, I think, in fairness, Alamanis was the big difference there. And he's shown he's probably the best goalkeeper in the country right now. And he won Shamrock over the game. But I do think as well... Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk both had chances. So, as you said, you know, at the end of the game, if it had ended a draw, I don't think either side would have complained. But I think it is worth noting that, you know, Sean Hoare seems to be, you know, growing every single game he's playing with Shamrock Rovers. That I've watched him, I've seen him three times now. 
Um, Sean Gannon seems to be struggling quite a bit in that right wing back position. And I don't know if it's because Graham Burke and Dan Andreo kind of go into the pockets of space that he seems to be occupying because he's a lot higher up than, and like, say, your average right back. And he's playing more of a right wing back. But Sean Kavanagh coming back in, you know, I know he missed a large spell of last season through injury. But I thought he was absolutely fantastic as well. So I think with the difference with Chan McRovers this year is they, even though they lost key midfielders, they have a lot of strength and depth. You know, even still coming off the bench was Dylan Watts, who obviously got the winning goal. Then you had Gary O'Neill, uh, Rory Gaffney. So you have a lot of players there that still have a lot of quality. And I do think Dundalk will start coming good in the next few games. I just think that they are still trying to feed each other out. I think there is still obviously a lot of confusion around you know the whole thing of who's in charge who's not in charge and you know is is Filippo the one that caused the shots even though Shane Keegan comes and does the interviews so there's, there's just confusion around that but I suppose it could be the, said the same with with St. Pat's with Alan Matthews and, and, and Stephen O'Donnell so it just seems to be the way that's kind of the norm at the at, well this season anyway but I do think Dundalk I, I wouldn't be worried. I know the league table looks a bit upside down right now, but I wouldn't really be worrying from a Dundalk point of view. I still think they'll finish in the top three regardless. Whether that's enough for Dundalk fans, I'm not sure. They can let us know in the comments. But um, from your own point of view, do you think things will start clicking for Dundalk soon? Yeah, look, Paul, I think they'll definitely finish in the top three and, and probably actually in the top two. But I think given the players they signed and the budget Dundalk have, they would really have expected to, to, to challenge Rovers for the title. And they may well still do this and they may well still win the league because it is very early days. And they've been a bit unfortunate. I mean, well, unfortunate in some ways, they, they signed some really quality players and then they go away in international duty and they're playing regularly for their countries. I mean, the playing for the Faroe Islands, playing for Latvia, and then they're not available for Dundalk because we don't shut down during the international break. So a little bit unlucky from that perspective. And also they weren't able to get games cancelled. It seems a bit of an anomaly to me that if you have players in either our squad or the Northern Ireland squad, you're allowed to get games called off. But if you have players playing in World Cup qualifiers and scoring, in fact, for the Faroe Islands, for Latvia, etc., for Albania, you're not allowed get games called off so but I suppose there are the, the rules in the participation agreement and Dundalk were aware of that when they signed these players so I, I have no doubt they will click and uh, they've got a, a quality side and they will they will get things right but uh, the question could be how, how far behind the likes of Shamrock Rovers they will be when this happens. And I mean, and I know, look, you're going to have fans of other clubs saying, hang on a second, look at the league table and who's top. And uh, I know we were joking the last time, Finn Harps are top and look incredible. And uh, hats off to Pats and Sligo as well. But I think ultimately when it comes down to it, I would expect Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk to be the, the top two. Uh, although it may take quite a few weeks for that to, to pan out that way. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you've just mentioned there the, the players that went away. I think that guy, Yarkovskis, the, the right-back, he was playing left-back in this game. I'm not sure why Daryl Lee wasn't starting left-back. But anyway, um, I think he, he's going to be a really good player, especially this season. I think he'll start seeing more of his quality. Even at left-back, he was really, really good. He was just bombing up and down from left-back. And uh, Sean Gannon had a hard time kind of keeping up with him and stuff like that. And I think Sean Gannon will come good for Shamrock Rovers. And I'd say, you know, 
all the fans want him to come good because obviously he started there. It didn't really work out. He moved to Dundalk and became the best right back for a number, number of years. So I think he'll be looking to replicate that form at Shamrock Rovers, but I think it's just going to take time for that to click for him. Um, but, you know, as well as that, Brian Gartner went down injured early in the game, which kind of forced Dundalk to, to change their shape and stuff like that and change their game plan a little bit. So hopefully he will be okay and, and comes back uh, sooner than expected. I think he's expected in the scan tomorrow. So hopefully that, that goes well for him and he's back playing soon because... Uh, I think the league needs someone like him. He's a great character. I do think, you know, Dundalk need him as well. He's obviously a big leader for them. So hopefully he'll be back soon. Yeah, uh, he's obviously a a crucial player for Dundalk with his experience and everything as well. Yeah. So uh, after the game, anyway, on Friday, I caught up with Stephen Bradley and Ronan Finn. So you can hear that here. This is the IFF TV podcast. Stephen, um, a couple of weeks ago we were here, I think it was for the President's Cup and we were speaking about, or it was actually the Pats game and we were speaking about Danny Mandrew and once you got one then you'd kind of see you know, the confidence shining through. Obviously you got that one tonight, how delighted are you to see him get off the mark? I'm delighted for him because he's, he's showed glimpses of real quality and he's worked really hard, his attitude's been top class and uh, we know Danny can, can score from, from anywhere 30 yards, left or right foot. Uh, we know that from, from scoring against us, so uh, we know how dangerous he is, and, and tonight he's, uh, I'm delighted he's up and running now. Yeah, just kind of overall, the first half was a fairly even game. I mean, there was you had a couple of chances, they had a couple of chances, but what were your kind of thoughts overall in the first half? Yeah, I think you've, you've said it, yeah, I think it was pretty even. Uh, I think we had better passages of play, but on chances, I think it was pretty even. Um, and then second half it became uh, a bit a bit scrappy, a bit open, and um, and we went two 0 We looked comfortable. They were throwing lots in the box, but we didn't look any danger really until they scored. And then it was a bit it was a bit touchy for the last few minutes. Yeah, these these affairs always seem to be very you know they're obviously closely contested, but they're obviously cagey affairs yeah. too. I mean the tackles do fly in, but from a neutral's point of view, it is great to watch. Like, how do you manage to kind of keep the lads kind of calm for these games? Because you can see clearly. Uh, you know the rivalry is there. Yeah, oh, look, it's just about being professional and understanding that uh, as a player, you're no good to anyone sitting in the stands. So you got to be be uh, calm and, and collective, and you play with intensity, but also be calm uh, in your head. It's it's a difficult skill, but uh, that's why the professional footballers. Yeah, I think you may have had to have said that to Graham Burke at one stage throughout the game because it yeah. looked like he was close to coming to getting a second yellow. Yeah, it was part of the reason. Obviously, we took him off. He was. The type of game it is, all, and all it takes is, is a mistimed tackle and, and we're down to 10 men and, and you can't afford that in a game like that, so uh, you have to be very careful. Just, just obviously, like this is your second game, after missing the Derry game last week, but you know um, we were here a few weeks ago, it's lost the President come on, on penalties, but how nice was it to bounce back then again uh, and win, I suppose, psychologically, how, how important was that for you? Yeah, I thought uh, we've been good. The Presidents Cup, we are good. Pats, we are yeah. good. Uh, tonight, we are good. So there's no issues. I think, I think that's 24 maybe games unbeaten now in the league. So I think it's it's a tremendous run the players are on, and and uh, and I think you can see they want to fight to to keep that going. Yeah, how impressed have you been now with the gelling of the players? Because you know everything seems quite fluid now. Yeah, we're getting there. I think you can see again in passages that we're getting there. Uh, but I think this team won't show its true potential until uh, midway through the season, until we really get the understanding and the timing of, of what we're doing. Um, but I think you can see signs that it's uh, it's not too far away. Absolutely, that's great. Thanks very Cheers. much for your time. Hi, I'm here with Ronan Finn. Ronan, man of the match display. Talk me through the game. 2-1 win against Dundalk. 
Yeah, listen, I think the scoreline tells you it was a tight game and I think that's how that's how the game developed. Uh, it's always tight. Two teams have a good rivalry and yes, I'm very grateful to come out with the three points. Probably not our best performance, I think we're still getting going. So listen, it's great to get the win, go up and running now um, and roll on next week. Yeah, obviously you have Dan Mangero getting off the mark tonight. How important do you think it was for him to get off the mark as second game in now of the season? How do you think? Yeah, I think he was unlucky last week. He had a similar strike, keeper made a great save. You know, we do see it every day in training, so it's evident to us that you know he's a great strike of a ball. We worked the we worked the position from. I think we worked you know early on the game. We worked things quite well. Then we got a little bit sloppy, and I think the game itself was probably a little bit sloppy. I think the games between us in the past have maybe been of a higher quality. But listen, it's about results, and tonight was a big one for us. Yeah, I think at the, at the same time, you're both two new enough teams in terms of the last place, and you're trying to replace them and stuff like that. I kind of had that feel to it, but at the same time, how important is it to kind of get a, a bit of a, a lead on them at the moment? Yeah, listen, it's very early days. Um, I mean, listen, for us, it's just important to get the win. You know, we don't want to be, uh, as the season goes on, you don't want to be looking for that first win, first win. But now we've got it tonight, and we've moved on to next week. We've got a busy schedule, so. It's all about preparing right uh, this week of training, um, and that's it. You know, we move on. Tonight's gone. We got to prepare now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your time, This is the IFF TV podcast. Okay, on to Longford nil, Sligo one at Bishop's Gate, and Gary Buckley with a corner, with a header from a corner. Sorry, um, and Sligo another win, and they seem to be really enjoying life at the moment, and and really picking up from where they finished off last season. Yeah, look, they've made a superb start to the season. I mean, they'll probably feel on, on the opening night they're a little bit unfortunate. They only draw 1-1 with Dundalk. Um, it's a game they certainly could have won. Uh, I thought probably a draw was a fair result. But following on from that, they went down to the RSC and they beat Waterford in a, in a great game. Played really well. And then away from home again, they, they go and beat, beat Longford. And uh, they're sitting joint top of the table on seven points. So a superb start for Sligo. And that's going to give them give them great confidence and, and great heart. And uh, look, they're, they're, they're already in Europe. And I'm sure they're going to be looking to say, uh, well, maybe I'm being pessimistic here. I, I would be saying Sligo would be looking to say they're, going to, they're looking to challenge to get back into Europe next season. But is that all? I mean... They've won it's like I've won a league in the last decade. Is it realistic to think they're top of the joint top of the table now? Um I, I don't think they're going to be title challengers, but am I wrong, Sligo fans? Do you think you, you can challenge for the title this season, or is it just a little bit too soon? And uh maybe certainly uh Sligo are always a good bet in the cup, a great cup team. But um top of the table, the other teams have to, to catch up with them. Massive game, massive game next week. Uh, at home to Shamrock Rovers um, or Shams, as they as the, the the Rovers from the West will call them, and I know there's absolutely no love lost there, and that'll be an absolutely cracking game. Uh, certainly, if Sligo Rovers were to win that, I think we would have to seriously consider. Then we're talking about a title challenge. Yeah, but as well as that, if they do manage to, you know, get a little bit of a result there against Shamrock Rovers they already a game well they've already got a game on them do you know what I mean Shamrock Rovers would, would be playing catch up straight away there 
So as you said, a lot of teams would be raising their game against Shamrock Rovers this season and maybe trying to impress Shamrock Rovers, uh, maybe Stephen Bradley or whatever to try and get a sign to try and sign for Shamrock Rovers. So you, you just never know. And I think you know Greg Bolger and these types of players who leave Liam Buckley's brought in. He's brought in good quality signings in there to add to what he already has. And then you've got the emergence of Johnny Kenny and you've got the likes of John Mahan there and stuff like that. You've got Romeo Parks. You've got really good bones of a good team. Buckley there at centre-half. Sorry, Buckley's making, fine player, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, seems to be making uh, big, big headlines there in terms of how well he's doing from his performances as well. So, like, you're looking around at Sligo and, you, you know, I know last season before the lockdown, we were tipping them maybe to get relegated because they hadn't got a point. But they just seemed to start slow. And then when they came back from the lockdown, they just went on a on a serious run and, and fair play to them. So I think the game coming up, you know, I can't really read too much into the Longford game. I didn't actually get the chance to see the actual full game. And, um, you know, but if you're looking at it from the start of the season, you probably fully expect Sligo to win that game anyway, wouldn't you? Well, you would, but Longford had made a decent start as well and they'd... They'd been unbeaten. They'd beaten Derry. So, um, although you would have expected Sligo to win it from the start of the season, they still had to go there and win it. And uh, and another good player Sligo have. You talked about Alan Manis being the best goalie in the league, and I'd agree with that. Sligo have a very good goalkeeper, Ned McGinty as well. And uh, yeah, it it certainly will not be easy for Shamrock Rovers down in the, in the showgrounds at the weekend. Um, but uh, it should be a cracking match. Yeah, well, I spoke to Greg Balger earlier today and got his thoughts on the match on Friday and his Matt Aaron's thoughts on the match ahead this week as well. So check it out here. This is the IFF TV podcast. So I'm joined on the line by Sligo Rovers midfielder Greg Balger. Greg, how are you? Yeah, all good. All good. In train this morning. So just resting up now, yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm all good. Yeah, you must be buzzing, obviously, with the start of the season and another win the other day. We, we were trying to get you on last week, but like so much happened between the international stuff and that, we just didn't get around to it. So I suppose just um, what we have you here, just kind of talk about, I suppose, your move from Shamrock Rovers to Sligo. How come you went there and just how have you settled in uh, at life at Sligo? Yeah, no, um, obviously, look, my contract was up at Shamrock Rovers and um, Liam was on to me and he was basically selling me what he's trying to do, um, club trying to move, get get better from last year, and um, trying to get up get up the table, and then obviously with European football and stuff like that, so it was kind of a no brainer for me. And um, look, we started already, haven't we? Um, obviously a big game now coming up next week, but um, no, I've enjoyed it, really enjoyed it, and uh, so far so good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at it, I mean, a couple of big wins there, especially like last week, uh, the Dundalk game, and then you have. Um, you had uh, Longford there, just just gone. So, I suppose over the course of things, it's been quite a good start. Yeah, it's been a good start. Um, I thought we were very unlucky the first night to um against some dog not to get all three points. But look, going into the game, first game, you don't know what it's going, what way it's going to go, and we're really pleased. Then obviously picking up two wins on the road, the last um the last two games was very good. And um, but look, it's only it's only three games in, and then um, the long long season to go. But we started well. We have to be pleased with that, you know. 
Yeah, we're just kind of looking at your own self, like from your own point of view, you must be looking at this as a challenge to see what you can do with Sligo. Obviously, you went, you know, Cork, you went there, you won stuff. You went to Shamrock Rovers, you went there and you won stuff. So you must be looking now at going to Sligo and trying to win things there. Like you're not just happy to just settle, I imagine. Yeah, look, well, there's only a, there's only a few teams that can that can pick up silverware, and um, you know, over the season. So look, it was a new, it's a new challenge for me. I'm really excited about it. Um, like I said, I've been very lucky over the years to get my hands on trophies. But um, obviously, I still still think Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk are probably the flag bearers for it. I know, look, they've been in different starts for our teams, but I think they're the flag bearers and they're the standard we need to get to. And knowing Liam, he's ambitious and he wants to um, he wants to get to get trying to get to that level. And like you can see with the players we brought in, he, whatever he's, he's he's trying to do that, you know. So. But for myself personally, it's just have a good season. I missed a good chunk of it last year, so um, I'm like a, new, like a new man. I'm ready to go again and get back out on the pitch and get games in and enjoy the Friday nights or Saturday nights as much as I can, yeah. Yeah, well, you kind of you just, you know, just lastly, I look around the squad at Sligo this season. I definitely think there's a very good squad there. I suppose you're going to be the one trying to drive the ambition there, but as well as that, obviously, maintain a level head. You've mentioned three games into the season. It's still very early doors. Yeah, no, look, there's a few. There's a few lads like Gary Buckley, John Mann. I know he's only 21, but there's a lot of lads, a lot of characters in the team, as well as having a half-decent squad, very good squad. Um, and we're just, we're just challenging each other in training, and it's been very good. We're not carrying anyone there's a big squad like there's big big enough squad there but just every day in training we're all challenging each other challenging each other and um it's a case where look we see how we go with it and how it goes but like i said for the good starts um we probably had a few and different performances and uh, i think a lot of factors come into that with pitches and stuff like that and new players coming together and gelling and obviously the start of a season the start of a season is always it's always the same it's always frantic like new new lads coming into new groups and that adrenaline is going at the start of the year and teams um wanting to do well and get off to a good start so um it's no different here we're we obviously we have a tough game next week so um yeah one we're looking forward to and hopefully we can have a good year yeah obviously you're coming up against uh, some of your former teammates next week how do you, how do you see that one going is it going to be you, obviously Shamrock Rovers are the team to beat this season, you know, but do you feel as though you can put a good challenge against them? Yeah, no, I think we will. Look, I think I think Shamrock Rovers have been the best best team in the country the last two two years, you know, myself personally, and they are the flag bearers for all the league. Um, the way Stephen Bradley has his team playing, um, they're the best passing team probably since I've been in the league, uh, and to be part of that, and uh, now we're playing against them, they're the for me, they were the, they're the best passing team in the league since I've been in the league. And what Stephen has done, he's got his players in, the right people he wants to play his way. So it's going to be a challenge for us. Uh, but one, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the game. Should be a good game. I know, obviously, Longford was a different type of game. A lot of factors to why that game wasn't so great probably last week. But the whole thing was to come away three points by hook or crook, and we did. But I think this will be a different type of game. And, uh, yeah, it's one that we're, we're looking forward to, you know. Yeah, I'm sure from a, from a neutral point of view, it'll be a great game to watch. So I just want to wish you the best of luck next week and uh, maybe we'll get you on the, in the near future again. Yeah, no bother. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks. This is the IFF TV podcast. Okay, over to Daily Mount. And I don't know if you would call this one a shock result anymore. Maybe at the start of the season you would, but now you, uh, now I don't think you would. So Bohemians nil, 
St. Patrick's Athletic won and Ronan Cochran with a goal in the 62nd minute. He started the season very well for St. Pat's, continuing on from his good, uh, rich vein of goal scoring form from last season with Sligo. And um, he's helping Pat's do things where last season, I suppose, that probably would have been a nil-nil game if you're a Pat's fan, you know? Yeah, Pat's big problem last season was scoring goals. I mean, they'd been very good at the back, but they were one of the lowest goal scorers in the league. And... Uh, yeah, I know this was only 1-0, but it, it was a great goal, actually, from Ronan Coughlin. Uh, corner out on the right, he rose more or less unmarked, and, and he powered a header. Uh, and the keeper got a hand to it, but he powered a header into the net. And, uh, yeah, I I, I I do I would have considered it a bit of a shock ball. I, I didn't expect Pats to win that. Now, having said that, they, they've had a fantastic start. They're one of the three teams level on top uh, on top of the table. And uh, obviously a great point, a great point in Tala on the first night. And uh, yeah, in fact, they, they, they could have won the game. They took the lead so late on. And then they needed the, the late winner last week. But um, it's, it's it's been a, a great start for Pat and, and for Stephen O'Donnell. I'm sure he's delighted with the start. And uh, yeah, I mean, just another, another team we're talking about that has won the league in the last decade. And... Uh, Maybe they could be title challengers. Am, am I being too? Um, am I, well, I don't think you can write anybody off at this stage. But um, a team I would have kind of expected, maybe hoped to challenge for Europe, but maybe they can go a bit better than that. I don't know what Pat's fans think about that. Uh, is Europe? Would Europe be a, a superb achievement? I would think it would for Pat's this season if they got one of the European spots. A um, little bit worrying for Bowes. Um, bit of a, a disappointing start to, to lose at home like that, and uh, it doesn't get any easier for them. They're in Up in Oriel Park this weekend, so um, I'm sure that Keith Longer want to turn around their form uh, very quickly. And I think we talked already. Uh, I have concerns about Bowes in that they had three fantastic attacking players last season in the. In Chris Twardick and Andrew Wright and Danny Grant, and and they lost the three of them. Uh, Chris Twardick, admittedly, during the season, but the, to lose the other two at the end of the season, and they're they're very very tough to replace that caliber of player. Yeah, well, I think as well as that, there's still some young players there and some players brought in as well that are still trying to find time to to, to gel in that team as well. So yeah, as you said, it's still early days, and I think. Keith Long has come out and said that, you know, a little bit of perspective is needed and stuff like that. But I think both fans will start getting on his back if they don't start performing soon. You know, I think after five games, then people will start to question him. Whereas I think after three, I think you just kind of have to just wait sometimes and then you get the win and next minute you're going on a bit of a run, which I think will happen with Bowes, but it might not happen against Dundalk. But then again, they may they may get a shock result and beat Dundalk up in Oriel Park. Who knows? So again, it, it's two sides. Dundalk are probably coming in on a little bit better form than them, but even still, I mean, you look at the games, Bowes lost against Finn Harps, then they drew against Longford after being 2-0 up, and then they go and lose to Pat. So, you know, you don't really associate Bowes with conceding too many goals, and they have been conceding, which, you know, is strange considering, but Dundalk haven't been firing on all cylinders, so you just never know what way that game could go, you know? Yeah, it's... um. I would hope Keith Long would be given time. He's done an unbelievable job with Bowes. 
I mean, if any manager in this league has overachieved, it's Keith Long, given the budget he has. So I hope he's given a hell of a lot more time than that because um, and I, I think he he will certainly turn it around. I mean, every year, Bowes, I, I mentioned the quality of players they lost, but last season they lost so many quality players going into the season and still they turn it around and I'm sure they will again. I, I hope and expect the Bose fans it would be patient with Keith Long because um, he, he is a superb manager and he has done a superb job with them. And they are, they are part-time competing with the full-time bigger budgets. I mean, I, I'm sure Dundalk's budget dwarfs that of, of Bohemians, as does uh, Shamrock Rovers, obviously. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think fans would be very fickle if they were to turn on Keith Long now, considering, you know, maybe he hasn't won stuff and stuff like that, but he has had them fighting up near the top end of the league and, and doing very well for themselves. They obviously got Europe last season and they're there again, you know, so he's brought that back considering he's lost so many top players for Bowes, you know, before season starts and then he has to replace them and stuff like that. And this has probably been the first season in which it hasn't clicked since then, you know, since probably 2017, it probably hasn't hasn't clicked rightly for them, but I think it will. I think give them a couple more games and I think he'll get them back um, and they'll start winning games and stuff like that. I think once they get one, one victory and then, you know, say they go and beat Shamrock Rovers when they play them this season, I think everything will be forgotten about anyway, you know. So I think that game is probably a game that they need to come up fast and it's maybe something that their players will maybe need to go into it with no letting the occasion get the better of them really is more what i'm trying to say um but yeah you you'd, you'd want to hope that both players would want to let the occasion get the better of them and they can try you know get the victory over over shamrock rovers and i think everything would then be forgotten about you know so i think look it, it is what it, what it is and i think they'd be back Pats, I don't think it would be a pushover this season. I think it's a huge result for Pats psychologically. I think they'll feel now that they can probably mix it with anyone. And I think they'll, yeah, I think after they got the draw against Shamrock Rovers, they played quite well in that game. And then they beat Drogheda and now they've beaten Bowes. So they've played good teams and got, you know, positive results. And Jair obviously caught up with Stephen O'Donnell and Ronan Cochran after the game. So you can hear what they have to say here. This is the IFF TV podcast. So well, first things first, a great victory. Yeah, very happy with the win. Uh, with the win, sorry, very happy with the win. No um, wind uh, No wind. It was one of the few evenings with no wind. Um, Bows, look, it's a very hard place to come, Daly Man Park. You know, you don't get out and easy here. And our record over the last couple of seasons not been good against against Bows. So, you know, I thought it was thoroughly deserved to win. I thought uh, it was a professional performance, limited them to a few chances. And then whatever pass, good passages of play there was in the game, I thought I felt we were the ones that 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 played them. So um, you know, delighted with the win, delighted with the effort of the players, and, and delighted, I suppose, for them as well to to get the three points, get rewarded for their effort, and they can we can, they can go home happy tonight, and then be ready to roll into training Monday morning. Yeah, I was just chatting there before to your match winner from tonight, Ron, and I suppose the biggest thing that's always been branded the Pats the last couple of years is the lack of goals. Because the fact that you've had the new striker come in and he's hit the ground running early on must be really pleasing. Yeah, Gray, he's got two and three, obviously, um, you know, so good for any attacking players to get on the score sheet. So, you know, he probably isn't renowned for scoring headers from corners, but it was a great header, great delivery by Robbie and had a great header. And as you said, you know, good for any attacking player to get his name on the score sheet early with a, with a new club. 
There has been a lot made about the new signs, but looking, there is a good bit of players in that squad that are here a long time, and Lee Desmond in particular is one. I know you don't want, it's a team effort, you won't want to sing out each player, but he's really starting to show a lot of leadership. I thought like when both were kind of come at you and search that equalizer, and he just defended everything brilliantly. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I don't like singling out players, but Lee, since the first day of pre-season, we've come back, has been different classes, attitude, and you know, I've not come away from the training ground once thinking Lee wasn't at it today, you know, and that's, where I suppose, um, testament to him and his attitude, and you can see that with his displays, he was on the front foot tonight and looked a really polished uh, polished defender, but look, I could go through the, the, any, the starting eleven, and I could go through the boys that came on and, and say the same thing in regards being being at it, playing to a tempo and being on the front foot and just attitude-wise and application-wise being, being spot on, but it's three games into a season, it's a 36-game season, uh, we have a six-day turnaround now against Derry, so um, we need to be ready for that because we know if we drop below uh, below certain standards, we can be turned over. You, you know, there's an open field to the league a little bit, particularly now at start first few rounds of games. So, you know, we have to we have to apply ourselves and and have the same work rate for every game. Yeah, you touched on it there. It's three games in, so it still is a reminder how early it is, and you know how quickly things can turn in football. But when you think back to this time last year and the first three or four games for the league broke for the coronavirus. Things were kind of a little bit up and down, where this year has been a little bit more consistent. Can you kind of figure out, even this early stage, what has that been down to? No, it's obviously more time, and, and it's a different personnel, different squad, and just a core still there that we're, that we're here from last year. So it's all about trying to improve. That was our aim, improve on last year. It was a half a season, but you know we, we know that the sixth place isn't good enough for St. Patrick's Athletics, so we're all about trying to improve uh, this season. And I felt we... I felt we I feel we have in regards personalities and in regards characters at the club and that and you know in regards to the way they train and the way they want to improve so you know if you do that and you apply yourself right in training and that you'll give yourself a good chance of getting results at the weekend. Hey, you mentioned Derry six day turnaround already a couple of injuries picked up this season we've seen Shane last week uh, Keen Kylie as well any kind of update on them so far? Yeah uh, Shane obviously popped the shoulder last week so um, and Keen Kelly has a little bit of a foot injury, so we have a tight squad, small squad, but a good quality squad. I could have turned around there and brought anyone on tonight, and I wouldn't have weakened our, our, our team whatsoever. So it's the way I wanted to have it. I don't want any players feeling that, like they're miles away or they're far out of the picture. I want them coming in training every morning, saying if I have a good training week, I have a right good chance of playing, and, and they do. You know, I could make three or four changes to a starting eleven, and I wouldn't be weakened whatsoever. So that's the way I want it, and I'm happy with that. Stephen, thanks for your time tonight and well done. Thank you. Tonight we're joined by St. Pat's goal-scoring hero Ronan Coughlin following our 1-0 victory against Bohemians in Daymond Park tonight. Ronan will become the first man since Dean Clark in just over three years ago to get the winner for Pats in this fixture. Must be just a nice feeling. Yeah, no, obviously it's a good feeling, any win really. Um, came here today, we knew it would be a tough game. Um, I know they had not had the best results recently, but it's always a hard ground to come to with fans or not fans. And look, we were... We rode our luck, you know, they, they put a lot of pressure on near the end, but we're obviously happy to get the three points and we move on now. Yeah, they got good purchase on your header despite James's best effort to keep it out for both, but the <clears> delivery <throat> in for Robbie was fantastic. Yeah, no, it's fantastic delivery. Robbie has that in the locker. Um, I don't even think it was actually meant for me, but peeled away. Yeah, I peeled away and I, look, I got up before my man and just directed it goalwards and lucky enough it went in. So pleased with that now, yeah. Yeah, it's always fight when you hit the ground running, especially for a striker in a new club. Two goals now in three games, so you must be even happy with your own personal performances so far. Yeah, look, people these days just want to look at stats as well. So that is, in a stats-based view, it's, it's obviously good to get two goals in the first three games. 
but just over all the performances and stuff that I look at the most, things you can control, like I can't really control how many goals I'm going to score, just be in the right positions and look, look, luckily enough today I was, so I'll take it. Yeah, and the characters yourself and the rest of your teammates kind of shown because it wasn't really kind of the prettiest game, that many kind of clear-cut chances, but you just kind of really managed them last mm. 25 minutes or so. Your defence in particular was very, very strong with just an all-around brilliant kind of team display, kind of yeah. everyone pushing together. Yeah, like, like you're saying, the way we held out at the end, um, we were disappointed after the first game against Shams not to be able to hold out the game after going, especially after scoring very late on and not being able to see it out. So that was definitely something that had uh, we definitely couldn't really work on it, but definitely something that we spoke about as a group and something that we want to improve is be able to hold out games. And look, we've done that today. I don't know what time I scored at, but it a long time and they put a lot of pressure on, like I said, to give them credit and look, we kept the clean sheet and that was actually the most important thing. Yeah, 62nd minute that goal yeah. came in and said you head out very well for the last half an hour. So, mm. games keep coming. Good start. Mm. Up now next week at home again against Derry. Derry, yeah. They haven't had the best of kind of starts but as you touched on there with Bowes like coming into this game you knew they didn't have the best of starts but you were still very alert and uh, presumably the same mindset going into the next Friday's match. Yeah, look, everyone knows every, every league game is tough and there's not much between any of the teams. And you saw that last year by probably Shams, who obviously went unbeaten. Everyone else was fighting at scraps of the last day. And you've seen that with Finn Harps, the league this year, like Longford have done well. Even Drogheda the last week, I know they won, the, won their first game. and They gave us a tough game. People probably didn't expect that. Um, so, look, we just keep going on now. We have a bit of momentum and we'll go straight into the Derry game of high confidence and do the same. Ronan, thanks for your time and enjoy the rest of your weekend. No Cheers, man. Enjoy. This is the IFF TV podcast. Up to Head in the Game Park and it was Drogheda against Finn Harps which finished 1-1, Carlos Sullivan way to go, a nice um, I would say half volley in, rocketed into the Drogheda goal and then Mark Doyle with a goal in the 62nd minute to equalise for Drogheda, I'd say both teams were happy enough with the draw but Gary what were your thoughts I suppose when you saw this result? Yeah I mean if you're looking back at the start of the season, you're thinking uh, Drogheda v Finn Harps and uh, it's a relegation battle. And instead, you're looking at teams on the, uh, initially at the, the top of the league. And uh, I, I don't know, it's um, Finn Harps, they're, they're still top, even if it is on only, albeit on alphabetical order, I think they're top at the moment. But um, yeah, what you say, it's a, a decent a decent point probably for both teams and realistically I, I think maybe Finn Harps would be looking uh, this is the season they can maybe establish themselves a little bit in the Premier, Premier League uh, without having to look over their shoulder too much but time will tell on that but um, I, I think it's a game both teams will be happy with the result uh, the league goal for Finn Harps was a superb finish from Carlos Sullivan just at the edge of the D and he put a lovely volley, half volley as you said low into the bottom corner and uh, you're just wondering at that stage, they go one up in the second half away from home. Can they um, hang on and get all get all three points and, and keep their 100% record going? Um, but a, a great equaliser from Drogheda. And actually, the person who won't get the credit even with an assist is Ronan Murray. But it was an absolutely beautiful chip uh, to set up James Brown, who crossed it. And, and Mark Doyle um, couldn't, couldn't miss, really. It was an open goal. So... Um, I only saw the highlights. Probably a fair result, I think. Probably, um, maybe Finn Harps would be a little bit disappointed having gone ahead in the second half that they couldn't hang on and get the win. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's still a strange league table. 
It really is. And I think, you know, FinHap's fans are obviously all joking online that they're going on a European adventure. Now, I think it's funny and it's it's obviously great for the fans that they're enjoying life right now. I think they, they're just complaining about the fact that the pubs aren't open and they're top of the league um, because it obviously doesn't happen too often, you know. But I think I'm really happy for FinHap's. Now, and, and as you said there, this is an opportunity for them to establish themselves. It's the first time they could probably get a settled team together and, and keep the the bones of last season's squad together because they finished the season quite well. So I think for Finn Harps, they'll just be looking to to keep building week on or basically week on week and then taking it game by game. I don't think they're looking too far ahead and you know rightly so. And I think with Drogheda as well, I think Drogheda actually have started quite well. I think that's a result that'll probably be a good point for them further down the season. I think I think Drogheda have some really good players there and I think it's that scene as the season go, goes on, I, I think you'll start seeing the best of them and I think they're going to be a good side this year. They will. Um, I, I think they'll still be involved close enough to the relegation battle, but they, they have signed some good players. Uh, I mean, I mentioned Ronan Murray. They've also got Dane Massey. Uh, they, they signed Dara Markey from Pats. So uh, I think Drogheda will probably be all right in the end, and it's a tough place to go and get a result. The other massive news this week for Finn Harps, even probably more important than the result, was the grant of almost four million from the government to to redevelop their new stadium. And that's badly needed. I think if you I mean any time I go to Finn Finn Park, if you look across from the stand side, you can see the, the I suppose the the building site that is the the stand for their new ground, and it's been like that I think for over a decade. And uh, I hope, uh, I really hope that this now gets their new stadium kick-started and they can move to the, the new stadium in the next year or two. And uh, it, that was really great news for Finn Harps and great news for Irish football in general. And uh, so that was a massive boost this week. And it, it's all good news coming out of Finn Harps at the moment. And, and long may it continue because it's... Uh, I, I know I've said too much with... The, <laughs> My Limerick connections, we've got some very bad memories of going to Finn, Finn Park, but all bias aside, they're a fantastic club and uh, I really do wish them all the best. And they've got a, a fantastic management team, uh, great volunteers in the area as well, a great club. And uh, look, best to look to Harps because you're, you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you've said there. And, you know, it is, it's a, it's, it's a very community type club and that's what you love to see and, and seeing them now kind of getting the rewards really of, of, of working so hard behind the scenes even you look at after COVID there they work so hard behind the scenes to raise funds even just to I think it was to get new dressing rooms as well so to see this happening for them it's it's great and it's obviously great for Donegal as well you know yeah it is and uh it's it's probably an outpost in League of Ireland football since they they came in in 1969 it's probably so far from us here in Dublin and it's so far from everywhere really um, uh, but they're still keeping football alive and uh, boy they can still pick up players and still churn out the results uh, on a budget that's significantly lower than a lot of teams in the Premier Division Yeah and as far as Drogheda uh, are concerned as well I'm sure that they'll they'll be happy with the point because I'm sure that they'll be targeting games like this as games that they cannot lose and our man Phil Hines caught up with both Tim Clancy and Ollie Horgan so you can hear what they have to say here This is the IFF TV Podcast Tim 1-0 draw thoughts on the game? 
Listen, we're happy to get a point. Um, we were in a similar position last week. We went one 0 down against Pats, and um, they put a lot of pressure on us in the end of getting the goal and left us very, very um, deflated after the game. And listen, we've come away with a point here today, which isn't a bad result considering uh, Finn Harp started the season on fire with uh, a home win against Bowles and then an away win against Dundalk. So we knew it was going to be very difficult. Um, I thought we'd done pretty well during the whole game. Um, we dealt with a lot of their um, attack and play and. Um, we got beaten by a, a really tremendous strike from the edge of the box, great volley right into the bottom corner and, uh, but we reacted really well and that was a good thing that we ended up um, getting a goal back nearly straight away from really good play um, involving three or four players and then near the end of the game we were pushing quite a lot to try and get a winner and um, so maybe another day we might have uh, have a ball dropped for us and we might have had a little goal but now we're happy with the point, it's a positive start for the season and we were only a couple of minutes away from being unbeaten in the first three games, which which would have been a very, very good return. And four points out of nine, eight, After a disappointing loss to St. Pat's, conceding in the last minute, how important was it to bounce back today? Yeah, listen, that's, that's, that's it. We didn't want to um, prolong a, a losing streak. And um, obviously, we knew Finn Harf's coming today. are well set up, they're well organised with Ollie, and they're well drilled. And um, it's going to be a very difficult game. And having gone behind, we know how good they are at holding on to a lead. That um, We're really, really pleased now to to bounce back and get at least a point um, and again the manner in which we equalised was good it was it was a well worked goal and um, Doyle has got off the mark for the season as well so um, yeah really pleased Obviously coming into the game Adam Foley Finn Harps top scorer how impressed were you with the defence keeping him quiet all game Yeah listen we've we done our, we done our uh, homework on on uh, all their players to be honest and we've seen that he doesn't give the back four a second uh, doesn't give the keeper a second as well which he nearly nicked one off Dave in the first half but uh, yeah, listen, he was obviously on fire in um, the first two uh, two games and we've done well to keep him quiet today but again, listen, they still got a good strike away, got a good goal and they restricted us to very little chances it's something that we have to really work on Perfect, thank you very much No bar. Ollie, thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, we didn't do enough to win the game um, uh, you know, aside from the fact that we went 1-0 up we're probably disappointed that the fact that we scored first that's really the, the, the only reason uh, look, we, 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 we could have got more and most certainly at the end of the game the last 20 minutes we could have got less and I think there was only one team from the equaliser to the end that looked like winning it and that wasn't us 7 points from 9 you're happy with that? Yeah, look, yeah, of course you're happy with that. But like, we have a massive game against Waterford next weekend. Uh, you know, they they they've they've improved week in week out. The two the two games we actually the footage, and obviously with the result tonight, they've kicked on even further. We're just hoping that they won't kick on even more come next weekend. But it doesn't matter, Philip. Obviously, where you are after three games, it's where you are after another 33 games when you've played 36 and. If we can avoid, you know, the bottom two positions after 36 games, that's that's really all that matters, you know. Towards the back end of last season, you picked up some great form. How important was it for you to start that that same way this season? Yeah, it's it's it's, you know, we we, we certainly didn't have a great preseason, certainly results or performance wise, but we've we've got a couple of wins under our belt. They could have gone anywhere. They, we could have lost the two of them. We could have lost tonight. We sitting with no points, but. I don't think we'd 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 uh, we'd be getting too despondent. You know, we 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 went 13 games a couple of years ago without getting a win. You know, and we still survive, albeit by the skin of our teeth in, in extra time against the lads, Kevin and 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 and, and, and Drogheda. Uh, like you know, it's 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 the only thing with them. I I don't know where this table is going to end up at the moment. You know, obviously we'd love it to stay the way it is, but we're quite realistic that 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 it'll change. It's just. Can we can we stay off the bottom? Is 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 where we're at at the moment. 
from throw-ins you seem to go for like a, almost a long throwing approach trying to get the ball into the box is that something you tried working on obviously scoring the goal from it as well yeah look sometimes it works for you sometimes they, they counter attack and catch you like it's, 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 it's a gamble you know um, it's not the biggest of pitches here so we, we, we pick and choose possibly when we can do it or what players are on the pitch uh, look it fell for us tonight there are other days that the counter attack can do it at the other end Philip so it's kind of a bit of a gamble but look we'll, we'll take it and we've, we've moved on already really you know this is the IFF TV podcast. And the last game of the Premier Division games up at the Brandywell and it finished Derry 1, Waterford 2. I suppose this one for me was a massive shock because, um, you know, you're, you're thinking Derry are going to be a side that are going to be pushing on and they haven't started great at all. And then you're thinking about Waterford. A lot of people are tipping them, even their own fans, as being relegation favourites. So this was, this was a shock for me, you know, um, obviously, Shane Griffin with a great strike, the free kick, just to open the score. And then McJanet gets the equaliser and then Oscar Brennan gets the winning goal in the 51st minute for Waterford. So, um, what were your thoughts when you saw it anyway? That was a big shock for me as well, Paul. I was expecting Derry to be a lot better this season. I mean, they made a disastrous start losing, uh, losing in Longford and bit unlucky then to have the Shamrock Rovers game called off because of the international call-up and uh, this will be a hugely disappointing blow for Derry. Um, I know Declan Devine, he was saying they, he felt they had um, most of the possession, most of the chances, but uh, they're too, they gave away, they just looked too, too open at the back and too many mistakes. It was a great free kick from Shane Griffin. Um, and But even the giveaway penalty then, I don't think Garside needed to bring him down. He was going away from goal. And uh, and then even Nathan Garside saves the penalty and Oscar Brennan puts in the rebound. So a bit of bad luck there. The, the other bit of bad luck I thought Derry had was at, they went in at halftime 1-1. And early in the second half, Will Fitzgerald had a great chance with a header and he just couldn't score and Waterford more or less go down the other end and get the penalty and, and go 2-1 up and win the game. So um, they may be, be moaning their luck a little bit, but it's a very, very disappointing start for Derry. I would have expected them to be up the other end of the table. and uh, But a, a massive win for Waterford, having made a, a bad start to the league, having lost in Drogheda, lost at home to Sligo. They badly needed something. And uh, what what a result to go up up to the Brandywell and come away with all three points. Yeah, I just you know I'm obviously delighted for Kevin Sheedy because I, I want to see him do well, and I think it's a it's a massive result for Waterford because you know they're going to need as many points as possible this season just because they have a very inexperienced side. I know, I know they've got Daryl Murphy and Oscar Brennan and stuff like that, but a large chunk of their team were taken away last season and now they're kind of just putting players together. I hope it works out for them and I hope they stay up. I think they'll be aiming to tag as many points as possible up to the mid-season break and then maybe look to add in some maybe experienced players then to help, you know, keep them up. Not that it's like that they've done okay. They've obviously got a massive result here. But I just mean that it, over the course of the season, they're going to need to keep picking up points like this. And if they can... 
and last to that halfway point and then add in players then they could maybe look to you know build upon that and have that little platform to build on because Kevin Sheedy has shown that he can bring in players good players from England and stuff like that but a lot of them are inexperienced at the moment and if you speak to any player that comes over here that, that has to play in this league they do find it difficult even Jack Burns said you know it's a difficult league to come over and play in and really shine uh, straight away so I think it's a really good result for, for Waterford it'll give them confidence going forward and I just think for Derry's sake I don't know what's wrong with them because there's times where I've watched Derry last season and the season before where they can be great and then there's games where I see them and they just don't turn up and I think that inconsistency has been going on for a few seasons now and they don't seem to be able to get it right I don't know what it is I don't watch enough of them as well to turn around and pinpoint what the problem is. I would love for a Derry fan maybe to let us know in the comments what they think. Um, but they just, I don't know, I've seen signs, people calling for Declan Devoy to be sacked already. But I think it's still a bit soon. What do you think? Yeah, it's a bit, it is a bit soon. But he he was under a little bit of pressure last season. So I've no doubt he is under a lot of pressure. And yeah, I, I can't put my finger on what the problem is either, Paul. But um, they are going to need to turn around. And it doesn't get easy for them. I mean, their next game, they're, they're coming down here to Dublin to play St. Pat's and Inchicore. And Pat's are riding high. And that's a, a really tough game. And uh, But Derry have a lot of, a lot of quality players. And uh, they, they could easily turn it around very quickly. From the, the Waterford perspective, the one advantage they have is I'm sure Kevin Sheedy and Mike Newell have some great contacts in in England and they will be able to get some players in in the mid mid the, the mid season break as you say when the the transfer window opens up. Uh, another big game for them this weekend. They're they're on the road actually a bit tough. Uh, another long journey. They they're up in Valley Buffet at the weekend, and uh, that's a massive match. Now you would think if Finn Harps were to win that, they'd go on to ten points and they'd be. Well, they wouldn't would, would they even be looking at the relegation places then. Whereas if Waterford were to go up to Bally Buffet and get a win, they'd only be a point behind Finn Harps. So um and then obviously comfortable in mid table as well. So um another massive game that this weekend and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I look I think that's gonna be a really telling game and Yes, it's going to be an interesting one to see how, because now that Waterford have got the the first win, they have that little bit of momentum, you know. And obviously, Finn Harps are flying away right now. It's it's just been a bit of a crazy start to the season, but you love to see it because it makes it entertaining. Yeah, and uh, if you remember last season, if Waterford went to Finn Park on the last day of the season, and they needed a win to get into Europe, and uh, they couldn't manage it, and well, Harps got the got the win to even avoid the relegation playoff at that stage. So um, I'm sure there'll be... Um... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. But um, I'm sure Waterford will be gunning for revenge. Yeah. We just want to take a quick break to speak about our sponsors for this video and podcast, Team Fipe. As you can see in the image there, some of the clubs that Team Fipe has acquired, Shamrock Rovers being the main one so far. Team FeePay is an easy to use online payment platform that covers management and administration, finance, club development, communication, governance and COVID track and trace. Club administrators save hours of time with Team FeePay, save time on administration and finance. You can quickly confirm, decline and record attendance at club sessions and events. With a new database created, 
Parents and players register with the system, which in turn creates and builds a player database for the club. Team groups can be easily set up for easy access to data. Real-time transaction updates. Team FIPE keeps club administrators or team managers updated on processed payments, but also flags up incomplete transactions and automatically emails the payee to give notice of a future attempt. Team FIPE already works with over 1,000 leagues, clubs and academies and are growing all the time. Team FIPE is proud to be helping clubs across multiple sports. Team FIPE is free to use. It's free to install by all of their members. There are no hidden fees. There is no sign-up fee, no annual fee and no monthly membership fee. The processing fee. Team FIPE charge a very modest fee for any financial transaction that they process, similar to the bank or other credit card processor fees. Book your Zoom demo today at teamfipay.com or call on plus three five three one five two six seven four nine nine. Okay, we're on to the first division games now, and the first one up, I suppose, was the, was the big game of, of the weekend in terms of um, high-scoring goals, and it was 3-3 between Shells and Bray. Goals coming from uh, a double from Georgie Poynton and Ryan Brennan for Shells, and then Brandon Kavanagh and Graydon. Brandon Kavanagh with two goals, and probably his second goal was the pick of the bunch. And then uh, at, one point, at one point, it was 2-1 to Shells, and then at another point, it was 3-2 to Bray. So it was a very... Um, Highly contested game. I was so shocked. I was at the Shamrock Rovers and the Dock game, and I was getting alerts on my phone about the game, and I couldn't believe it. And yeah, it was a bit of a crazy game. Shells obviously still unbeaten, two draws for the first two games against two sides that are probably going to be there thereabouts come the end of the season. But from your own perspective, from a neutral perspective, I suppose this game was it a shock result for you, or how how were you fixed, or do you think Shells should be dominating sides like this? I wouldn't say it was a shock, Paul. I think it was kind of a mild surprise. I mean, Bray, another team, we're talking about going to the last day of the season. I mean, Bray were top of the first division and were heading for the Premier Division until the the, the end of the season last season. And Galway went to the Carlisle grounds and beat them. To, but in Galway's case, to get into the playoffs. And then Galway went back and beat them again a week later. So you'd still expect Bray to be there or thereabouts in the promotion race. Now, having said that, I think with the I I had tipped Shelburne and Galway to be the the top two this season in the first division. They they look to have the two strongest squads. So I, I suppose I probably would have just just about expected Shells to win the game, but it was always going to be a tough game, and Bray won't be far away from the the promotion shakeup. But I certainly wouldn't have predicted 3 3. Um, neither team, both teams have been involved in nil nils in the opening night. Um, so it seemed to be a, a difficulty in scoring. But having been very solid at the back, Shells played with 10 men down in Galway for a long time and, and could even have won that game, but had got a very impressive um, scoreless draw in Eamon DC Park. And then, well, to score three is great, but also to concede three would probably be a bit worrying for Ian Morris. But um, it sounds like quite an amazing game. and uh, But I would expect Bray would be the happier of the two with the point, even though they were 3-2 up late on. Yeah, I think Brandon Kavanagh is going to be a serious player this season. I think a lot of teams will do well to keep him quiet. As seen, like, he's probably played arguably the best team in Shells. I'm sitting here with the Shells top on me. You know, that's me saying that you could tell me Galway are the strongest or Cork or, or, or Bray. But I do think that Brandon Kavanagh is going to be a star this season. And I think you're really going to see 
the start of a really good career in him. We've obviously watched him at underage level of Ireland and we know that he has good quality about him. But I don't think he's got a chance really to show that. I mean, he's been on the fringes of the Shamrock Rovers first team when he's came in, he's done okay. But I think this season is his time to shine. And then if he does well this season, I'd imagine he will get drafted into the Shamrock Rovers first team as well. I do believe other clubs over in England have been keeping an eye on him too. So I do think that this is just a staff for Brandon. But from uh, Shell's point of view, George Poynton seems to be the go-to man for Shells at the, at the minute. You know, uh, last season he played largely right back. And I just thought he was still very good. He was getting a lot of assists. His dead ball deliveries and uh, penalties are usually quite good. Uh, I know he missed the penalty against Bowes that people often talk about. But uh, his penalty against... Bray wasn't the best either, but he was still able to laugh about it because he had just enough pace on it. But I think he's going to be a very important player for Shells this season. And again, probably a player who has never got a chance to show his true potential. And I think he's found a club where he feels loved and the fans really, really like him and get behind him. And I think he's needed that probably in, in recent clubs he's been at. And I think he's starting to get that now at Shells. Yeah, it's it's great for him to, to score two goals so early in the season. Um, because he, he was a player, uh, I mean, he first came to my attention in Dundalk and he was considered a really hot prospect. It just, for whatever reason, it, it didn't work out. And then uh, he moved to Pats, wasn't it? And But I think it's finally looks like it's going to come good for him at, at Shells. Uh, Brandon Kavanagh looks a class player. He's, of course, only on loan at Bray and he will be going back to Shamrock Rovers. And uh, But a, a superb signing for Bray to have for this season. And uh, yeah, I, I have no doubt he'll either be going back competing for the uh, first team place in Shamrock Rovers, if not, as you say, heading across the water to one of the, the bigger clubs in England. But um, yeah, what a what a player for Bray to have this season. Yeah, well, our man Jer Brown, he caught up with both Brandon Kavanagh and Georgie Poynton, and you can hear it here. This is the IFF TV podcast. Brandon, I suppose from my own point of view, just being neutral and working on the game, it was just a thrill to watch. For someone who was involved in the thick of it and involved in the action, what was it like? Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was, uh, it was a bit hectic that time because uh, the ball was up in the air and it was a bit crazy, but we got into it then. First 15, 20 minutes it took us and uh, we just got going and uh, we just we, we gave it the goal away early and uh, then we got our chance, we got back into it. Two goals for yourself, let's just get straight to it. The second goal. When you get the pass from uh, Richie, why are you initially thinking at first? Just touch and hit it. It's just what I've been doing the last few weeks and it's like just space there in front of me. I just, once I take my first touch, I see the keeper's in the middle of the goal and I just left fly. And luckily I went in the top corner. Would you kind of naturally back yourself and think you'd be well able to find a target and hit a good strike like that, normally from that distance? Yeah, that's what I sort of do. Like in training and stuff, that's what we work on, you know, all of us. And even after training, we're doing that and just touch and hit outside the box. So despite your goal in the first half, your first effort, you still went into the break trading 2-1 at half time, but then because of your second strike, 10 minutes in the second half, you were leading. What did Gary kind of say to you at half time, or was there much kind of need to be said? Because even in the first half, you got the sense that this was an even enough game and there was going to be more goals and it could go either way. Yeah, now at half time, I think we all knew ourselves that we were still in it and we, we were going to create chances and you could just feel it from all of us. We had that little bit of buzz about us and you see in the second half there, like... The, the goals we scored, the chances we created, probably should have won the game. Overall, in general, like you're losing at half-time, but then you find yourselves 3-2 in front, heading the dying stage of the game. Shell's just down from the Premier Division, away from home. 
what is kind of the overall kind of feeling? Is it kind of like it's still early days, just build the points up, but you kind of feel this was a chance to make a statement against one of your fellow promotion rivals, I suppose? I think for us, just looking at the second half, I think it's probably two points dropped. But then again, you're coming to these sort of grounds and you're playing against a top side. So you're probably lucky to, to then take the points, you know, because you see at the last five minutes, they put on a bit of pressure and you just got home with the points you take it. Yeah, and the tough games keep coming. Next week now you make the short trip up the M11 to face UCD, a team you know well from playing last year. They actually play, they don't play their second game till tomorrow night, so it does give you a small bit of advantage. You can sit down, it's lockdown, you probably have nothing else to do. Sit down and watch the game tomorrow night and get a good idea of what to expect for next weekend. Yeah, well, as you said, we're just all focused now on next week and all getting the three points and just looking forward to that. Have you checked your phone much since you've come in? No, I haven't, not yet. Your phone will be lit up tonight. Anyway. Yeah, Thanks for your time, Brandon. No problem. George, talk about experience in both sides of football. Nil nil draw last week and a six goal thriller tonight. Yeah, two different games, I think. Um, I think we've done well to get a point out of the game last week. Um, first half, I thought we were brilliant again this week and, you know, went in 2 1 up at half time. Come out. I don't think we came out for the second half for 20, 25 minutes. We couldn't get a grip to the game. And for us as players, we have to, you know, take responsibility for that. Um, Give them two. Two soft goals in the second half, you know, allows them to take the lead, takes the onus on us and, you know, um, look, I think we showed good character to get back into the game. I was just chatting to Brandon there from Bray and there was still a good sense of regret from their point of view. Would there still be the kind of same feeling? It was such a weird game, but like, even when you got back to 3-3, you still felt there was a chance it could be a winner in this one? Yeah, I think it was end-to-end a little bit, wasn't it? Um, I think both teams wanted to win the game, there's no, there's no denying that. Um, I think we give them three soft goals. They can be disappointed they didn't win the game, but we can also be disappointed in the goals we've given them. Um, we need to show them better resilience and, and you know not give them chances away. But um, on the context of what I've said, and under, I'm, I'm not too sure now if you can assess that as a good point. To, you know that's for later on down the road. But ultimately, we haven't lost a game, and we've played Galway and Bray in the last two weeks that are going to be around us. You know, so I think. You know, that's their good two points if I'm to look at it now. Yeah, even like looking at some of tonight's results as well, like with Athlone beating Galway already, like there's no one kind of really running away with it, so it is going to be a, definitely a marathon, not a sprint. Just from your own point of view, the two goals tonight, you probably know yourself, you don't need me to tell you, you were probably a little bit fortunate with the with the penalty, but you must be very, very impressed with your first finish. Um, yeah, I'm just my heart was in my mouth a little bit for the penal. Um You know, unfortunate went in, I think the pace just puts it in the pace that I put on it. I haven't struck the ball cleanly but the first goal look it's a good goal. Um but I'm just disappointed we haven't won the game, you know. Yeah, you're back at home now again next week, Wexford. They were beaten tonight by Treaty United. But like I remember being here a game a couple of years ago against them. It was another high scoring game. So you know like anything is possible in this division and it won't be a certainty. Yeah absolutely. I think it's probably one of the best first divisions it's been in years. You know, you see that with the quality as you say that one beating Galway tonight. Um, we have to respect Wexford. You know they pose a different threat to what Bray and, and what Galway have put, uh, have put in front of us. You know, um, as I said, we need to earn the right to play against them. Um, you know, and then I think with the quality, we'll create chances. But we just need to keep eradicate silly silly errors on our own behalf, and you know, um, go and punish them at the other end. This is the IFF TV podcast. Right, on to Stradbrook and Cabin Team with a 1-0 win over Cork City and um, I'm sure Aaron Howie and the boys will not be happy with this victory but I'm sure the lads uh, over in Cabo are absolutely delighted. It was a, it was an own goal 
But uh, some were claiming that Keith Dalton could have claimed it, but uh, I think he fairly much admitted after the match that it was an own goal um, by heaven, it says. But uh, a really big win for Cabotelli. And, you know, again, another shock, I would say. I, I actually expected Cork to win that game, but uh, overall, I think Cabo started the league well, and they'll be delighted with that result. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Yeah, I, I was surprised as well. And, uh, I suppose Cabo did incredibly well last season and probably a little bit unfortunate to miss out on the playoffs, uh, having led the division for, for a long time. And uh, I suppose I didn't expect them to to do as well this season or to challenge, but somehow, well, so far they've certainly proved me wrong. I mean, they're, they're top of the table at the moment. And uh, yeah, it was uh, a great win for them over Cork. Um, Big blow for Cork City. They'd started the season well with a good win in the, the Derby match with Cove. But um, they certainly would have been expecting to, to pick up three points. And uh, I suppose I'm looking at the, the Cork City side and I don't think there's enough quality there to challenge the likes of Galway and Shells. But they're still currently ahead of them at the table. So who knows how things are going to work out. But um, they, they won't be happy with that result. Yeah, exactly. And I just think with Cabo, this this could be a season where they could shock people, you know, because a lot of people are, are talking about other teams and they just seem to be forgetting about Cabo. And Cabo in recent seasons, when they played Shells, they've had Shells number a few times as well. So that would be an interesting one when, when they come up against some of the bigger teams. I think Cabo can turn over bigger teams in this league. And I think they're a good side and I think they'll be hard to beat, especially at home. But, uh, our man Ross Finden was at the game. He spoke with Pat Devlin and he spoke with Keith Dalton. And you can hear what they both had to say here. This is the IFF TV podcast. Pat Devlin, coach of Cabin Teeley. Congratulations on the win. Thank you. Yeah, good win. So one thing I noticed was Cork had upwards of 15 corners. How did you go about defending them? Well, you know, we obviously do our, we do our homework and we got some players who are very good in the air as well. Now, unfortunately, we've lost two of our players prior to the game today, um, Andy O'Brien and uh, Owen Massey. So we had to make two changes from our, our original lineup from last week. So, you know, we, we work hard on the, on the training ground. I don't do too much of that. I have to be quite honest. I've got Eddie Gormley and Collie O'Neill, who are fantastic, and Paul Heffernan. So, you know, we're there all week doing lots of different work, and we prepared quite well. And that's, you know, giving away a corner. It's not really a big issue to us because if it happens, we know we can compete and deal with it. And that's what we did. And whenever deploying a back three, does it help that you have the extra centre-back who's good in the air? Well, you know, we started off with a back three, but we ended up with a four. Um, it wasn't our intention, but we were being a little bit overrun earlier on in the first half. And we went back to a back four. Back four was just to sort of say, well, look, let's get a bit of stability, get our passing a bit better. And uh, it worked, and uh, I was very, very happy with it. Playing with a back three is, is obviously what we would like to do, but again, as I said, our, our main centre-half got injured tonight, and we've got five other defenders who are also injured. So I was very happy with the performance of the, of the back three, back four tonight. They've done really well. And at what point do you decide to hold out for the win? I don't think you, can, you ever actually hold out for a win. Um, you hope you get a win. You don't actually hold out for it, because I think that's a, it's a real mistake if you do that. Now, 
tonight, you know, Adam brought up a very good save. Cork were certainly worth the goal, but you know, I, t I was very proud of our lads tonight. We worked hard under unusual circumstances. We lost a player just before the game, and uh, we had to make several little changes. But overall, very pleased with their work, their hunger, their desire, and the little bit of skill they showed in the second half. We got a lot better, and I think we'll only get better as we go forward. So two wins from two, first team to do it. What does that say to the rest of the league? I don't, you know, we made a mistake last year of being top for a very long, long time. And as far as we're concerned, there's no message going out. We're just going to get on with it this year. We're not looking at, you're not going to be ambitious about winning leagues or anything like that. We'll see where we are. You don't win a league after two games, as we proved last year. So we certainly would have learned from that. And our experience is, is just to get on and play and do our best. And let's see how the results go. But it is a fantastic start for us. And it's good because we've had several changes and it's been difficult for a small club like ours to, to make ends meet and we're thrilled that we did that and we're thrilled that it's gonna you know it's got us at the top of the league even if it's only for a short time or a, it's a long time it doesn't matter the most not now it's a great performance congratulations on the three points thank you very much thank you and congratulations on the three points cheers thanks very much man so a big part of that match seemed to be defending corners really well i counted at least 10 cork city corners how did you manage that uh, we, we kind of set up on Wednesday just defending set pieces and we've done a, done a lot of work on it and obviously the boys has to clear the ball and they've done every time, they didn't let runners off them and they've done very well so fair play to the boys. And obviously you're using a back three with yourself and Dean Casey along the wings and you seem to always be an option. Yeah, always an option, it's just the pre-season was very tough this year so we're, we're all hard working young lads so we're all, me and Dean like, give a lot of space out wide so we're just fit and just keep getting up and down which gives the boys a, an angle out. And you seem to come out of the second half with a lot more intensity. What happened at halftime? Well, we kind of said at halftime, like they were, they were knocking the ball around very well, but they weren't really hurting us. So we said, look, why not have a go? We haven't really had a go in the first half. So we said, why not press them tighter and try to get on the ball a little bit more? And we did, and happily enough, we got the goal. And of course, you scored it. Talk us through it. I don't know if it's going to be given to me now, but yeah, a bit of luck is what we needed. And just keep moving on game from game, and hopefully we can pick up points everywhere. And whenever you're up 1-0, how do you decide to drop back and hold out for the three points? It's kind of just football. When you, when you go one or two up, you kind of set back and just defend what you have and hopefully you get the three points. And The boys at the back done very well and Adam pulled off a super save at the end which kept us in it, which is what we need, like a bit of luck. Right, well, Keith, congratulations on the three points. Well done. Cheers. Thanks very much, man. Thank you. This is the IFF TV Podcast. So on to the markets field. The Treaty United win a 1-0 win over... Wexford and I'll let you talk me through this one Gary because I know you were watching yeah Paul um all bias aside well maybe not bias aside um obviously as a Limerick man it, it's I, I it was absolutely amazing and fantastic to have senior football back in the city having had no team last last season for the first time since 1937 there was no club from the city in the league so a historic first home game for Treaty United and a historic uh, first win as well. Um, probably uh, even leaving my bias aside a little bit, probably a little bit fortunate to win the game, uh, given that Wexford will probably feel they had a, a lot of the, the chances, a lot of the possession. Uh, but Tommy Barrett, uh, there's one thing he certainly has done. He's got two good goalkeepers and he's really got a very well-organised defence. And... Uh, Went to the Carlisle grounds and a really battling draw against Bray on week one and played the last half an hour with 10 men when Sean McSweeney was sent off. And again, had to play the last half an hour against Wexford with 10 men when Clyde O'Connell got a second yellow card. 
and uh, still defended very well and when needs be the reserve goalkeeper I suppose you'd call Shane Cusick uh, having taken over from Ty Grind who had picked up a knock and break uh, that uh, Shane Cusick did incredibly well and made a couple of good saves and dealt confidently with everything so it was probably seen more of a, a season of transition for Treaty. I, I certainly don't expect or didn't expect Treaty to challenge for promotion. And being honest, I still probably don't expect them to do. I think it's just too much to ask. It was a squad assembled together at a couple of days' notice. But the initial signs are certainly very positive that Tommy Barrett's done an incredible job with them. It's got them very well organised. They're going to be really tough to beat, tough to score against. And once you're solid at the back and you've got a good goalkeeper and uh, if you're not going to give give away goals too easily, then you're always going to be in, in games and you've always got a chance of, of picking up something. So I, I think this season might come a little bit too early for Treaty, but I, I, I think there's definitely green shoots there. And Well, who knows? I mean... Uh, four points from two games, can't argue with that. Uh, Wexford will probably be very disappointed. Uh, Jack Doherty was uh, superb for them, uh, ran the show, probably went off. I presume he went off with an injury late on because it was hardly tactical. And they have a tricky little left winger in Paul Fox as well, who's going to cause problems for teams. So it's still early days, but um, a very, a very heartening result for Treaty. Yeah, well, I, I just, just, it's so hard to kind of keep up to track with games. I know we've always said it, it'd be good if they scattered the games so you can watch more, but just obviously the way things are this week, it was just so hard to catch up with all the games. But like, that's why it's so handy having people like yourself and all of our other people who are at games and stuff like that to either get the thoughts of people or either be at games, you know. So uh, just then, just the final two games, just to speak about Athlone 3, Galway 1. Um, you know, boiling with an own goal that gave Athlone the lead, and then Meany got two others, and then Warwaroo scored for Galway a consolation goal in the 77th minute, and then Cove lost 4 0 to UCD away. Um, Kerrigan got two, then Keeney and Whelan with the goals there for UCD. Obviously, that Galway game is a huge shock, the Athlone win. I, I was very shocked when I saw the result. I think uh, I was obviously at Tala. And even Steve Baddy was shocked by the result there. Do you know what I mean? So there was a lot of people shocked by the result of the Galway game because a lot of people are expecting, as we said, Galway to, to be right up there at the end of the season. And this would have been a huge blow for them in their, I suppose, title hopes. Yeah, this for me was the shock of the weekend. I mean, if you think back to last season, Galway had made a terrible start. And they brought John Caulfield in midway through the season. And, and the view was to build. It was too late for them to even challenge for the playoffs. The view was to build for next season. Instead, they went on an incredible run. And John Caulfield, I mean, they went on an incredible winning run. And somehow he got them into the playoffs. And then went to the Carlisle grounds and shocked Bray. And, and then I think I, I was shocked. I expected them then to go on and possibly win the playoffs. I was shocked they, beat, they lost to Longford. But... This, they made some great signings in in the off season, and I thought strong, strong contenders. It was going to be between Galway and probably a Shells team that were on, probably unfortunate to get relegated. I thought it was going to be between Gal Galway and Shells to win the title this season, and it may well still work out like that. But it's been a very disappointing start for Galway, in that the big game at home to Shells, 
they drew nil nil they were up against 10 men for the whole second half and it's not that they didn't even get the win they didn't even do enough to win and i i actually i watched that game on loi tv and uh if anything shells could have won that game and then okay you see galway going to athlone and you think they should be a, should be able to do enough to win this and they were three nil down in the first half and they were absolutely battered and uh I, I'm, I, I'm frankly, I'm shocked at this, and I, I'm sure John Caulfield will turn it around. He's a, a top manager. He's got a, a full-time squad, and uh, I'm sure they've been read the riot act in training this week. And uh, I, I'm sure it's going to come good, and it's going to click for them. But, uh, but let's not just talk about Galway too much, because that was a, a fantastic win for Athlone as well, and uh, probably a team. That struggled in recent, well, they have struggled in recent years. I know they got to the cup semi final, but then took that extraordinary hammering by by Dundalk in that. But um, there have been signs that this season they're going to be a, a bit better than that. I'd actually watched them pre season against uh, Treaty United in the Markets Field, uh, and Treaty actually beat them 2 1. But they, there were signs, particularly in the second half, that at loan were, were coming good. But um, I, I certainly. I didn't see this result coming at all and uh, what a win for them and they've got four points decent start with a point to UCD probably felt they could have won that game they were ahead until late on and now to beat Galway which they'll take great delight from uh, the other game UCD I didn't see this one coming either to go down to St Coleman's Park and put four past Cove Ramblers um, what a win for them and uh, UCD another team they made the playoffs last season, um, but losing the likes of Yo-Yo Magda, you thought, well, it's going to be very difficult for them to to repeat it this season. And I still think it will be difficult, but uh, did manage to keep on to Colin Whelan, as you say, and uh, that was some win for them to go down and, and win 4-0 at Cove. And uh, I certainly wasn't expecting that. I think with UCD, though, this season, they could be the surprise package that not a lot of people are expecting a lot from, but they'll just churn out results like this. Maybe not the 4-0 every week, but they churn out results. They have a good young side. They always do. They always produce good players. And, um, yeah, Yo-Yo Maddy going to Shells. He hasn't hit the ground running the Shells yet. I'm sure he will as the season progresses, and I hope he does. But I think... With UCD, I just think that they are a side that you just, they're a bit like Derry in terms of they can be amazing one week and then they just don't turn up the next. But I think they've set a good marker here that they're going to be, you know, challenging some sort of, um, whether it's the playoffs or whether it's the title mount. But I think they'll be challenging in some quarters anyway. So I think for UCD, it was a, it was a big result for them and Cove. Yeah, I mean they played they played Cork last week, didn't they? And uh, and they got beat by them. And I I believe Cork weren't that good at all from from reading reports and stuff like that. And a lot of Cork City fans saying that they were lucky to get the result over over Cove. So you're looking at that, and then you're looking at losing four 0 to UCD. It's looking like a struggling start for Cove, from in my opinion. Yeah, I mean Cove are another one of those clubs that they're operating off a very low budget that have quite a few amateur players so it would be a big ask for them to try and get promotion but they have probably overachieved in in recent seasons and been kind of there or thereabouts for the playoff places but they'll be they'll be very disappointed to lose their their first two games 
and they're actually in the markets field on Friday night uh, facing Treaty United. So a game I'm going to be at and uh, really looking forward to it and obviously hoping for a Treaty win. Yeah, well, I think we'll just finish off on uh, on the, the league table then. I mean, you've got Cabin Thiele, who are on top after two games with six points. Then you got UCD in second on four points. At Lone in third on four points. Treaty as well, you'd be delighted with that. They're in the top four there with four points. And then you've got Cork with three points. That's it. Fifth, Bray with two points. Basically level with Shells in six with two points. Then you've got Galway on one point in eighth. And then Wexford and Cove are bottom with zero points. So I think there's lots of games to play for and I don't think anyone will be getting carried away. Have you anything else to finish on there before we wrap it on wrap it up, Gary? No, it's just to say it's, it's very early days yet, Paul, and it'll take a, a few weeks for the, the league table to take shape. Yeah, 100%. Well, uh, let us know your thoughts on anything we discussed and um, get your comments in. Don't forget to subscribe as well. We're chasing 10K now, so it'll be a big help if you could help us get there costs nothing it's free and it's a, it's only a click so we'll speak to you all soon thanks for watching the iff tv podcast presented by paul nealon like rate and subscribe